the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to that show. Hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. I am your host, Nick DeGilio. I'm a podcaster, comedy writer, and performer, graduate of the Second City, and a Saturday Night Live expert and historian. Each week, we will look back at everything SNL, the best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We'll talk about full seasons and full casts, behind-the-scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. Sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't, but with every episode, I'll always prove that that tired cliche that you hear all the time, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. All right. Hey, uh, award season is in full swing here for the 2023 movie year. And uh, between now and when the Oscars are handed out in March, it's going to be nonstop awards and handing out the things and red carpets and people all dressed up and snazzy in hopes that they will win awards for their movies and for their performances and for their scripts and for their score. All the categories, all the hoopla, all the statues being handed out. Some people hate it. Some people love it. I happen to love it, even though I think it's very, very silly. It's self-congratulatory. Yeah, it's very, very rich people breaking their arms, trying to pat themselves on the back for a couple of months. Yeah, but I've been a movie fan my entire life, and I always look forward to award season. And all I do, like many of us do, is bitch and moan about the people who won or the things that were nominated that didn't deserve it or the things that weren't, that were, you know, forgotten, that should have been nominated and all that stuff. So it's award season, which leads up to the big one, the big granddaddy of all awards for the movie business. And that, of course, is the Academy Awards. The Oscars will be handed out in March. Jimmy Kimmel once again will be the host. And we're expected to see the usual suspects and the usual things. The movies of 2023, um, uh, you know, some of them were big. Some of them were obviously blockbusters, uh, critically acclaimed. There's a pretty easy path to see which movies will be nominated and then the possibilities and who are the, uh, are the favorites to win and so on and so forth. Well, I thought that uh, this episode, which is titled And the Oscar Goes To, we're talking about SNL and the Oscars. Um, you know, it's interesting. Since Saturday Night Live's premiere, which was in 1975, as you know, hundreds of actors and writers and directors, musicians, they've all walked through uh, Studio 8H, but only a very small percentage have been nominated for an Oscar, and only two of those nominees have ever won the award. So on this episode, I'm going to tell you all about the people who have been nominated for Oscars, what they were nominated for, and we'll tell you a little bit about the two people who actually have won Oscars who were cast members or people who worked on Saturday Night Live. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, you know, we have people from Saturday Night Live, people who have worked on SNL, who have won Academy Awards. Uh, no former cast member has won an Oscar. That's for sure. It's not a cast member. So the two people who won were not cast members. Um, and, uh, and they have been nominated. So uh, I will now tell you about the 
cast members, the crew members in different departments, whether it's writing or music or behind the scenes, who have been nominated and the two who have, been, who have won Academy Awards. And you'll hear clips from their uh, movies or their performances um, and, uh, and details about uh, what they won for and what they did on the show. So Saturday Night Live goes to the Oscars and the Oscar goes to it's episode 52 of that show. Hasn't been funny in years. And it's all about cast members and all people from SNL who've worked on the show who have been nominated or have won Academy Awards. Let's start off with Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, forget that Dan Aykroyd was indeed nominated for an Academy Award. Um, because when you think about Dan Aykroyd's uh, movie career, outside of Ghostbusters, which you know is the, 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 cl- the clear-cut blockbuster franchise um, thing that he's done that most people remember uh, and you don't think of oscars with ghostbusters it's just not an, you know you, you, when you think of oscar bait you don't necessarily think of ghostbusters but he did indeed get nominated for an oscar uh and he was a cast member from 75 to 79 he was nominated for best supporting actor for driving miss daisy um he's one of the casts he was one of the original cast members uh when he left about 15 years later Aykroyd appeared in driving miss daisy as the son of jessica tandy's character and the one who hires Morgan Freeman as the chauffeur. He was actually nominated for an Academy Award. I remember that being a shocker because, personally, I don't think he's good in the movie. <laughs> I'm not crazy about Driving Miss Daisy, the fact that I've actually won Best Picture um, over so many other great, uh, great movies that you're including, uh, ironically enough, Do the Right Thing. Um, I wasn't crazy about it. I, didn't, I actually thought he was miscast, and I thought pretty bad in the film. But he is a cast member from Saturday Night Live. And he did get nominated for an Academy Award. He lost to Denzel Washington for glory. And imagining those two performances in the same category to me is kind of astonishing. Anyway, here's a little clip. This is Dan Aykroyd from Driving Miss Daisy. Uh, a, little, uh, a little example of his Oscar-nominated work in Driving Miss Daisy. Yes, Dan Aykroyd, nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Driving Miss Daisy. Only eight cans of salmon. I had nine. Three for a dollar on sale. Oh, very clever, Mama. You made me miss my breakfast and be late to a meeting at the bank, all for a 33-cent can of salmon. Here, you want 33 cents? Here's a dollar. Here's $10. Go ahead, buy yourself a whole pantry full of salmon. Why, fooling the idea. Waving money at me like I don't know what. I don't want the money. I want my things. One can of salmon. Well, it was mine. I leave him plenty of food every day. And I always tell him exactly what it is. They're like having children in the house. They want something, they just take it. Oh, he'll never admit this. No, Mummy will say, I don't know nothing about that. And I don't like it. I don't like living this way. I have no privacy. Mama. Oh, go ahead. Defend him. You always do. All right, I'll give up. You want to drive yourself again? Go ahead and arrange it with the insurance company. Take your blessed trolley. Buy yourself a taxi cab. Anything you want. Just leave me out of it. Why, There it is. So there's a little example of Dan Aykroyd nominated for an Oscar. I know a lot of people forgot about it. It was a long time ago. The film came out in 1989, and um, he was nominated in 90. It was a long time ago. But yes, Dan Aykroyd was indeed nominated for an Oscar. Before we get back to uh, some of the bigger uh, names that you'll recognize, I do want to mention a couple, of, uh, a couple that you might not know. Um, uh, Douglas McGrath, who uh, had a very short stint as a writer on Saturday Night Live, he came in to the show in its first season, um, writing for the original cast, um, and he um, he uh, he worked there for a little while, and uh, and it was it, it didn't work out very well. But in 1995, 
His work co-writing Bullets Over Broadway with Woody Allen garnered him an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Screenplay, but uh, Quentin Tarantino won for Pulp Fiction. So Douglas McGrath, who briefly worked as a writer under Lauren Michaels on SNL, was indeed nominated for co-writing Bullets Over Broadway with Woody Allen. And then, an interesting, George Coe, George Coe, um, was nominated for um, uh, an Oscar in 1969 for Best Live Action Short for a film called The Dove, which was a parody in the style of Ingmar Bergman. Uh, he directed it, he produced it, he co-starred in it, um, and also it's the first film that Madeline Kahn appeared in. Um, and so it's interesting for that, and I've seen it. It's a pretty fun, it's a pretty fun film. Uh, but George Coe, who um, was on... SNL kind of as a not ready for primetime player. He was part of the original cast. He was also the oldest at 46. He was the oldest cast member to ever be hired by SNL until Leslie Jones came along and broke that record. But he appears in a bunch of sketches in the early uh, in the early days of SNL. Um, and he wasn't really a not ready for primetime player. He was kind of a featured player before they actually had featured players. But George Coe was a cast member for 75 and 76. He was on for like a full season. And you can see him in, in, in sketches that, uh, from, that, from those seasons, from that time. Uh, but yeah, his film, The Dove, was nominated for an Oscar for Best Short, Live Action Short Film. So George Coe uh, and uh, Douglas McGrath, behind the scenes guys who you might not even know even worked at SNL, they were nominated for Academy Awards. And uh, now let's get back to, uh, to some of the people that you will recognize. And I think you're going to recognize this next guy. Bill Murray. Bill Murray uh, was indeed nominated for an Academy Award. There were rumors that he was going to get nominated for many, many things. Well, he's nominated for Best Actor for uh, Lost in Translation. And his work with Wes Anderson and his work with Sofia Coppola and his work with other directors, I mean, he redefined his career in the late 90s when he basically started working. Uh, Rushmore was the movie that really sort of changed the way that people looked at Bill Murray and started to look at him as like a real actor, not just smart-ass Bill Murray from Saturday Night Live doing wacky comedies. And, uh, and since then, he has given several performances that people have loved, that have gotten critical acclaim, and in fact, he was nominated for Academy Award. Um, he was on for three seasons. He's considered one of the best cast members in the history of Saturday Night Live. In 2003, he starred in Sofia Coppola's Lost in Translation, where he played a washed-up actor who befriends a young wife while they're on business in Japan. Uh, his performance was nominated for an Academy Award. He would go on to lose to Sean Penn for Mystic River. But it's a great performance in a great movie, and Sofia Coppola would go on to direct some incredible films, including, it's out right now, Priscilla, the film told from the point of view of Priscilla Presley. Uh, which is an extraordinary movie. And Sofia Coppola would go on to be an in incredible director. Scarlett Johansson, who was the star of that movie, you know, obviously gone on to not only box office bonanza, um, but uh, Academy Award nominations, and she's considered a great actress too. But Lost in Translation is a very, very special movie. Uh, the relationship between Scarlett Johansson's character and Bill Murray's character is beautiful and lovely. It, is, uh, it was an announcement of a major talent in the filmmaking world, in the, in the name of Sofia Coppola. And Bill Murray uh, proved to be an extraordinarily gifted and wonderful dramatic, dramatic and comedic actor and heartbreaking in this movie. So Bill Murray did lose to Sean Penn, but he was nominated uh, for Best Actor for Lost in Translation. And here is Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson in this wonderful, wonderful movie. And, and one great scene after great scene, and here's one of them. What about marriage? Does that get easier? That's hard. 
We used to have a lot of fun. Lydia would come with me when I made the movies, and we would laugh about it all. Now she doesn't want to leave the kids, and she doesn't need me to be there. The kids miss me, but they're fine. It gets a whole lot more complicated when you have kids. Yeah, it's scary. It's the most terrifying day of your life, the day the first one is born. Yeah, nobody ever tells you that. Your life, as you know it, is gone. Never to return. But they learn how to walk and they learn how to talk and and you want to be with them. And they turn out to be the most delightful people you will ever meet in your life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, a, a terrific movie, a great performance. And uh, yeah, Bill Murray nominated for an Academy Award for Lost in Translation. Uh, SNL goes to the Oscars some more here. How about Eddie Murphy? You guys remember Eddie Murphy being nominated for an Academy Award? I know there were a lot of times when people wanted him to be nominated. Personally, I thought he should have been nominated for My Name is Dolomite, um, where he played Rudy Ray Moore, the Netflix film from a few years ago, which is, I think, maybe my favorite my favorite Eddie Murphy performance of all time. Um, I think he's fantastic in that movie, and he should have been nominated. He wasn't, but he was indeed nominated uh, for Best Supporting Actor in 2005, or 2006, actually. Uh, Dreamgirls, the movie, came out in 2005. But he was nominated for Dreamgirls. Um, he is considered to be one of the best cast members in the history of SNL. There was a period of time where he carried the show during some weird transitional periods and during weak cast members being surrounded. Uh, he was surrounded by, but he carried the show. Uh, his Oscar-nominated role of uh, Jimmy Thunder Early in uh, Dreamgirls is loosely based on James Brown, which is ironic because one of the classic scenes that uh, sketches that Eddie Murphy did was James Brown Hot Tub. Uh, and he's fantastic in Dreamgirls. For me, for my money, the only good thing in Dreamgirls. Um, not a fan of the of the play. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a big fan of the musical, and I didn't think the movie was very good. But he's great in it, and earned that Academy Award and deserved it. Um, and yeah, and Eddie Murphy, uh, you know, obviously tremendously talented actor, was great on SNL. Gone on to be one of the biggest box office draws in the history of movie and one of the biggest stars ever. And he finally got that Oscar nomination uh, in 2006 for Dreamgirls. He's terrific in it. And here's a little bit of all the great stuff that Eddie Murphy did in that movie, being, I think, the highlight of the entire film. But here, Eddie Murphy nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Dreamgirls. I no harm. I never meant to make you cry. You were the only one I've ever loved in my life. Darling, I'm loving you more each day But the words got in my way Oh, I'm in Chanel And I would die If you ever said goodbye I love you, I love you Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on I can't do it no more I can't sing no more sad songs Hey, Curtis, this is supposed to be your night, right? Let's have some happy times. Brian, I'm going to give you a can off. Especially y'all come in when I take, right? What the hell's he doing? What? 
Yeah, you can hear a little bit of that James Brown in there, obviously. Uh, He stole that movie. Uh, Eddie Murphy stole that movie and uh, was finally nominated. And again, I think he should have been nominated for uh, My Name is Dolomite, which uh, if you have not seen, you should. It's available on Netflix. It's Netflix. It is, I think, the best performance Eddie Murphy has ever given. I think there's an Oscar in Eddie Murphy's future. I really do. Although, uh, you know, now that they're doing, they're releasing Beverly Hills Cop Axel fully, part four, I'm sure that's not the one that's going to get him the nomination. But incredibly talented guy, incredibly talented singer. You, get, you can tell he's got a great voice. Um, one of the most beloved cast members in the history of SNL. Um, and he's great in uh, Dreamgirls. It's the best part of the movie. So, All right, moving on. Other Oscar nominees who walked through the hollowed halls of Saturday Night Live. Let's go to Robert Downey Jr. Now, Robert Downey Jr., when he was a cast member on SNL, and we talked about this uh, on episodes in the past, that very strange 1985-86 um, season when um, they, you know, when, when Lauren came back and decided that would be a good idea to hire established movie stars and people who have appeared in, um, in other, uh, you know, in, in, in films already. Uh, and that, by the way, uh, that season, 1985-86, features three cast members who have been nominated for Academy Awards or who would go on to be nominated for Academy Awards. Uh, ironically, considered one of the worst seasons in the history of SNL, but the most Oscar nominees in one place were working <laughs> under the roof on Studio 8H at that time. So the most Oscar nominees who would go on, who had already been nominated or would go on to be nominated, all worked on that season. And one of them is Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. was hired as part of that effort to spruce up Saturday Night Live by bringing in movie stars or established, smart, you know, you know hip young people like Anthony Michael Hall and... And, uh, you know, and Joan Cusack and Randy Quaid and, uh, and all these other people who were brought in because they were established stars. Uh, and it was a very strange and very bad year. But Robert Downey Jr., you know, he did the best he could. Um, he, uh, you know, he appeared, in, uh, he appeared in a lot of sketches. He and Anthony Michael Hall were teamed up a lot and they did a lot of weird stuff, including playing Hall and Oates. But Downey received a Best Oscar nom- nomination for portraying uh, Charlie Chaplin in the 1992 biopic or biopic. Uh, Chaplin. Uh, so he did receive a nomination for that. And then he also received a nomination for um, Tropic Thunder, um, where uh, he was extraordinary. And that was in 2008 when Iron Man came out as well. And that was the year that everybody considered it to be the massive comeback for Robert Downey Jr., who had a lot of personal problems and had some drug issues and some substance abuse problems. And he was kind of like uninsurable and people wouldn't hire him. Um, he was really having a bad time. I mean, you, you know all the stories about what was, you know, his struggles with substance abuse, his struggles with the law, in jail, out of jail. It a very, very, very dark period of time for Robert Downey Jr., and he was coming out of that in the early aughts. Um, you know, one of the big movies that I think that, that, that started the comeback for him was a movie called Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, 
which was uh, written, directed by Shane Black, a tremendous movie where he co-starred with Val Kilmer. That was the first movie that I remember going, oh, man, cool, Robert Downey Jr. is back. And in 2008, he had a massive year, one of the biggest uh, movies of all time. Iron Man came out. It kicked off the Marvel Universe, and he was also that same year in Tropic Thunder. So he was nominated in 1992 uh, for Chaplin, for playing Charlie Chaplin. But he also played in Tropic Thunder. Now, in 1992, he lost to Al Pacino, who won for Screaming in uh, Ascent of a Woman. And in uh, 2008, uh, or in 2009, when they handed out the awards, he lost to Heath Ledger. Nobody was going to beat Heath Ledger um, for, uh, for The Dark Knight. But the clip I'm going to play is from Tropic Thunder. Now, I do. I guess I have to preface this, that uh, uh, this clip from Tropic Thunder may offend people, and the movie might offend people. Now, in it, he plays an Australian uh, Caucasian actor who, for the film, is playing an African-American, uh, and he gets his skin dyed. He's a method actor. Now, and the movie is filled with really un-PC jokes, uh, filled with characters that say and do some things that are very outrageous and very dark. Now, I happen to love Tropic Thunder. I think it's hilarious, and I don't think they should change a frame of it or a word of it, and I don't think Ben Stiller should apologize for what he wrote or anybody in that movie should apologize for their performances and what they had to say. Um, you know, uh, this movie is a satire. It makes fun of the idiots who are saying the stupid and offensive things, and that's the point. The point is to show just how outrageously stupid and insensitive and moronic Hollywood is. That's the point. So it does not glorify, it does not uh, stand by what these idiotic characters are saying. I just want to preface this by when I play this clip, you're going to hear some words and the discussion might offend you. I'm not sure. It doesn't offend me. I think the movie is a brilliant and hilarious satire. By far the best thing Ben Stiller has ever done easily. By far. Also a Saturday Night Live uh, ex-cast member. Um, And uh, Robert Downey Jr. got nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He's great in the movie. He's great in the movie. Um, He did not win, again, Heath Ledger won, but his second Academy Award nomination came in 2008, and it's for Tropic Thunder, so prepare yourself if you're going to be offended. I apologize, but I think this thing is fucking hilarious. So here, from Tropic Thunder, Academy Award nominee and SNL ex-cast member Robert Downey Jr. There were times when I was doing Jack that I actually felt retarded, like really retarded. I mean, I brushed my teeth retarded, I... Road bus retarded. Damn. In a weird way, I had to sort of just free myself up to believe that it was okay to be stupid or dumb. To be a moron. Yeah. To be moronical. Exactly. To be a moron. An imbecile. Yeah. Like the dumbest motherfucker that ever lived. When I was playing the character. When you was a character. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as Jack. Definitely. Jack. Stupid-ass Jack. Trying to come back from that. In a weird way, it was almost like I had to sort of fool my mind into believing that it wasn't retarded. And by the end of the whole thing, I was like, wait a minute, you know? I flushed so much out, how am I gonna jumpstart it up again? It's just like, yeah. Yeah, right? You was farting in bathtubs and laughing your ass off. Yeah. 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 But Simple Jack thought he was smart, or rather didn't think he was retarded, so he can't afford to play retarded being a smart actor. Playing a guy who ain't smart but thinks he is, that's tricky. Hmm. Tricky. It's like working with Mercury. It's high science, man. It's art form. Yeah. You an artist. Mm. That's what we do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hats off for going there. Especially knowing how the Academy is about that shit. Mm-mm. Wait. About what? 
You're serious? You don't know. <laughs> Everybody knows you never go full retard. What do you mean? Check it out. Dustin Hoffman, Rayman, look retarded, act retarded. Not retarded. Count two picks, cheated cards. Autistic. Show. Not retarded. You got Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. Slow, yes, retarded, maybe. Braces on his legs. But he charmed the pants off next to him and he won a ping pong competition. That ain't retarded. And he was a goddamn war hero. Right. You know any retarded war heroes? You went full retard, man. Never go full retard. Yeah, you don't yeah, buy that? Yeah. yeah, Sean Penn, 2001, I am saying. Remember? Went full retard. Went home empty handed. There you go. <laughs> Sorry if that offended you, but the point is that the people who are saying these things are Hollywood. And that movie is a devastating satire and a brutal takedown of all things that are ignorant and stupid in Hollywood. Robert Downey Jr. was brilliant in that movie and deserved the Oscar nomination, although I still think the best performance in that movie is Tom Cruise. Anyway, Tropic Thunder rules Robert Downey Jr. Saturday Night Live cast member, Oscar nominee. Here's an Oscar nominee from a cast member who was a cast member on SNL, but not in an acting category. <clears throat> so, cast member from 2005 to 2012, the incredible Kristen Wiig, who is considered one of the best female cast members in the history of SNL. Well, not just female. One of the best cast members in the history of SNL. Well, she was nominated for Best Original Screenplay for her 2011 classic Bridesmaid. Bridesmaids. Her and uh, she and Annie Mumolo were nominated for it. And the movie is brilliant. It's hilarious. Um, um, it proved that the ladies could be just as brilliant and funny and raucous and raunchy and foul-mouthed as guys could. And that movie came out like right at the time when every other week there was a Judd Apatow-based Seth Rogen-inspired guys being guys doing dick jokes and being outrageous. And then right in the middle of it, and also produced by, uh, by Judd Apatow, directed by uh, Paul Feig, uh, is Bridesmaids. And Bridesmaids is a great movie. I back this movie 1,000%. I think the script by Annie Mumolo and the great Kristen Wiig is great and insightful and funny as hell. All the women in it are brilliant. It is a showcase for incredible female comedic talent just knocking it out of the goddamn park and doing it better than the guys did it during that whole stretch in the 2000s where every other week there was an Apatow, Seth Rogen thing. Bridesmaids is a great movie. It holds up. I've seen it a thousand times. I think it's one of the funniest movies ever made. I could not be happier for this female-driven, brilliant comedy. I love it. There are a lot of detractors out there who don't like it. Fuck them. The movie's great, and she deserved that Oscar for screenplay nomination. She did not win. She was uh, first, uh, you know, she was the first cast member who was on SNL to be nominated for an Academy Award. So when she got nominated for the Academy Award, she was still a cast member on SNL. Nobody's done that since. So she was the first one to ever be nominated for an Academy Award while still working at SNL. She completed one more season on SNL. Um, uh, before the Academy Awards. Uh, she lost to Woody Allen for Midnight in Paris. I don't even want to get into <laughs> to that. But I'm going to play a clip from, uh, even though it's, she didn't get nominated for an, uh, an acting Oscar, she was nominated for the screenplay, but I'm going to play one of my favorite clips from Bridesmaids. This is a scene uh, where, you know, Kristen Wiig's character has totally been shown up uh, by uh, uh, you know, by by the the the, the bridesmaids, uh, other the other bridesmaids that are in there, uh, in there, showing that she's not a very good bridesmaid. So she breaks down at a party, 
um, that is meant to be a celebration for Maya Rudolph. And she just can't take it anymore. Uh, everything that she does is not good enough. Everything that she does has been horrible. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, the classic food poisoning scene, everything that Kristen Wiig's character does in Bridesmaids fails while she's trying to support Maya Rudolph, who is the bride-to-be. Here's where she finally has a meltdown. This was written by Annie, Annie Memolo and the great Kristen Wiig, ex-cast member of Saturday Night Live, nominated for an Academy Award. Here's Bridesmaids. This movie rules. It's just a little pre-wedding vacation, and while we're there, we're going to meet the designer of her dress and have a fitting. You are taking me to Paris? Are you fucking kidding me? Annie? No, Mom. Motherfucking Paris? Annie, what are you doing? I told you about Paris, Helen. I told you about this whole idea. Annie, calm no. down. Lillian, what are you going to go? You're going to go to Paris with Helen now? What are you going to... You guys going to ride around on bikes with berets and fucking baguettes in the basket of the front of your bikes? Oh, how romantic. What woman gives another woman a trip to Paris? Am I right? Lesbian! We're all thinking it, aren't we? I'm not. Okay? Yes, we're I'm all not. thinking it, right? Annie. Lillian, this is not the you that I know. The you that I know would have walked in here and rolled your eyes and thought this was completely over the top, ridiculous, and stupid. Look at the shower! Look at that fucking cookie! Did you really think that this group of women was gonna finish that cookie? Really? Oh, you know what? That reminds me, actually. I never got a chance to try that fucking cookie! Stupid fucking cookie! Ooh, delicious stupid cookie! I think I'll... Ugh. Maybe it's better if I dip it in their chocolate... And Rose Burns, by the way, uh, plays the, you know, the combatant who is one-upping everything uh, that Kristen Wiig is supposed to do. Uh, so the maid of honor, as the maid of honor. All right. Uh, so uh, a great movie, uh, nominated for uh, screenplay, the great Kristen Wiig. All right, moving on to, uh, to some other nominees. Now, here's a big one. Howard Shore, who was musical director from 75 to 80, and in 1985 he came back to be musical director. Howard Shore was musical director led the band 
um, composed the opening and closing themes of Saturday Night Live. Uh, that wonderful closing theme that you hear that Howard Shore did. Well, he uh, not only was nominated uh, four times, but he actually has won twice. Um, he won uh, for Best Score and Best Original Song. So Howard Shore has two Academy Awards. He is a winner. So he was musical uh, uh, a director from 75 to 80 and back in 85. He, uh, won in, uh, he was nominated in 2002, 2004, and 2012 for Best Original Score for the Lord of the Rings films. And he was nom- nominated for Original Song in 2004. Uh, he was a childhood friend of Lauren Michaels um, and he, an incredibly talented musician. He was the original music member, uh, uh, director for Saturday Night Live. He came up with a lot of musical sketches, Howard Shore and his all-nurse band. Dan Aykroyd um, and John Belushi were looking for a name uh, for their musical act. He came up with the name The Blues Brothers. He eventually went to uh, Hobbiton, Hobbit Town, if you will, when he composed a score for the Lord of the Rings film series and The Hobbit. And in 2002 and 2004, he won an Oscar for Best Original Score for The Fellowship of the Ring. Um and uh, The Return of the King, and he also won an Oscar for Best Song in 2004 for Into the West, sharing the honors with uh, Annie Lennox and Fran Walsh. Uh, In 2012, he lost Best Score for Hugo uh, for the score for The the Artist. But yeah, no, he's got three Oscars. I misspoke. He has three Oscars. Two for Original Score and then one for Original Song. So Howard Shore, the original music director who composed the closing theme that they still play, um, he has won three Oscars. All right, let's move on to uh, an actress, shall we? The great Joan Cusack, who, as I mentioned earlier, appeared on that one season, 85 to 86, that weird transitional season. Robert Downey Jr. also appeared on. She's been nominated twice for Academy Awards. She joined the cast um, uh, in in 85. Uh, She had impersonations of Brooke Shields and Jane Fonda, Queen Elizabeth. Lauren Michaels fired her in almost the entire season um, after 17 episodes. But... She would go on to be nominated for Academy Awards and uh, considered one of, the, one of the brightest and most charming and great comedic supporting actresses of all time. She's a fantastic actress, great in so many movies, including Adam's Family and things like that. But she was nominated twice. She was nominated for Working Girl in 1988. Uh, she lost to Gina Davis for Accidental Tourist. And she was nominated for in and out uh, One of my favorite comedies of all time, a, an incredibly well-made, short, like 90, 89, 90-minute comedy. Kevin Klein plays uh, a teacher in a small town who has been putting the fact that he is gay in the back of his mind, and he finally comes out. And Joan Cusack plays his bride-to-be, who he's going to marry, but then on the altar decides that he's going to say he's gay. Um, and in a classic scene... Um, Joan Cusack shows up in the small town bar in the car that they were meant to drive to, uh, to, their, to their honeymoon, dressed in full gown. She's dressed as a bride. She is in her bride's gown, and she goes into the bar and wants to get drunk because she just was turned down at the altar by Kevin Klein, who said, I'm gay. So obviously, it's been a big blow to her life and her ego. <laughs> and in full wedding gown. Veil, dress, everything. She walks into a dive bar to get drunk, and she runs into Tom Selleck in the dive in the dive bar, 
And, um, and she ended up getting a nomination for this. She lost to uh, Kim Basinger for L.A. Confidential. But I think her performance in In-N-Out is one of the best comedic performances ever. And I think In-N-Out is one of the most entertaining and thoroughly, beautifully directed and, uh, and executed comedies of all time. It's one of my favorite comedies ever. The entire cast is great. Joan Cusack, former SNL cast member, got nominated for it. And here is her breakdown scene. Now picture her. This is a dive bar. She's in full gown. She walks in full-on bride. Well, can I get a drink? Uh, what kind? Let's see, what kind? Uh, uh vodka okay? That's right. Straight up. And, uh, some peanuts. Lots of them. I don't care about anything anymore. What else have you got back there? I just want to eat. I just want to gorge. Hey, thanks. You're from TV. Uh, guilty. You're that guy. What are you doing here? Well, I am getting drunk. I had a bad day. Very, very bad day. Excuse me? You win. I hate men. <laughs> am I so repulsive that no man would want me? No. You're very attractive. Howard didn't think so. Howard didn't want me. Listen to me. <laughs> now, this is Howard's problem, not yours. And he should have told you years ago. Okay? I love you. You're nice. I'm not nice. I'm a hack. I'm show business garbage. Hmm. Will you sleep with me? What? Three years! Oh my God. Three years of sunsets and long talks and loving, oh supportive friendship. God. This is my wedding night. I'm there. I'm ready. This is a medical condition. Gee, thank you. But um, I can't. What, are you married? Are you seeing no, someone? I, I don't care. Well, no, I... You're a man. I'm a woman. I'm gay. <laughs> I love that movie. Joan Cusack nominated for an Academy Award twice, once for Working Girl, once for In and Out. Uh, she has not won, but she should. She's great. All right, uh, a couple of more uh, behind-the-scenes people, not necessarily behind-the-scenes people, because Michael McKeon, who was a cast member in 94 and 95, he was actually nominated for Best Original Song. He's a great impressionist. He appeared on the show. Uh, he played Bill Clinton, Jimmy Carter, Howard Stern, Jeffrey Dahmer, <laughs> Uh, he originally got his start working uh, with Christopher Guest, uh, doing the improvisational stuff. 
Uh, he played David St. Hubbins in This is Spinal Tap. Obviously, he was Lenny from Lenny and Squiggy. Uh, he was also in Used Cars, the funniest movie ever made. Uh, he teamed up with Christopher Guest again for A Mighty Win in 2003. Um, he acted in the film as a member of a folk trio, but his Oscar nomination, which he shared with his wife Annette O'Toole, was for a song that was performed by Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara called A Kiss at the End of the Rainbow. So he was nominated for a song that he didn't perform in the movie, uh, and ironically, he lost to SNL alum Howard Shore, Annie Lennox, and Fran Walsh for Into the West from Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King. So he lost to an SNL, uh, a, an SNL a former SNL employee, uh, and he was, a, he was an SNL employee as well. But he was nominated, Michael McKeon, not for acting, um, but for original song, and not for writing either. Ah, interestingly, now, Mark Shaman who was nominated for Sleepless in Seattle, The American President, The First Wives Club, Patch Adams, South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, Mary Poppins Returns. Um, if you're a fan of the Sweeney Sisters sketch with Jan Hooks and Nora Dunn, then you've seen this guy in the background. That's Mark Shaman. He's an Oscar-nominated composer. In addition to SNL, he wrote the musical versions of Hairspray, Catch Me If You Can. He's worked on iconic movies like Beaches and When Harry Met Sally, Misery, Sister Act. Uh, he was first nominated in 1994 for an Oscar for A Wink and a Smile from Sleepless in Seattle. He lost to Bruce Springsteen for uh, the song from Philadelphia. He was nominated in the same category in 2000 and 2019 for his songs Blame Canada uh, from South Park. Um, and he lost to um, Mary Poppins Returns. Phil Collins' You'll Be in My Heart from Tarzan. Lady Gaga's Shallow from A Star is Born. They won awards respectively, and he lost those. He was nominated for Best Original Musical or Comedy Score. Uh, back when that was a category, in 1996 for American President, in 1997 for the First Wives Club, for Patch Adams. He returned to the Oscar stage in 2019 when he was nominated for Mary Poppins Returns, um, and uh, so he lost. He's never won an Academy Award, but Mark Shaman is one of the cleverest, most talented, incredible musicians, great lyricist. He also appeared in uh, Broadcast News, which uh, you will hear about in just a few minutes. But Mark Shaman, one of the most talented uh, uh, musicians and, 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 and lyricists of all time. Very funny guy. Um, and South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. He wrote some of the, you know, so many of the songs and the music for that, which I think is one of the best movie musicals of all time. Never won, but ne been nominated several times. Worked on SNL, too. Uh, so as a musical, as a musical uh, composer and, uh, and contributor. So there you go. Um, all right. Let's uh, talk about uh, Adam McKay. Now, Adam McKay is the other person uh, to have won an Academy Award. He actually did win an Academy Award. Um, McKay um, was a writer from 1995 to 2001. Adam McKay was a writer. He would appear on screen um, every once in a while, but he was responsible for writing a lot of the very weird and very funny stuff that Will Ferrell did. He was a terrific writer on SNL. Um, you know, he worked on Anchorman, uh, and he worked on a bunch of other movies, including The Other Guys. He did a lot of the very early, very funny uh, Will Ferrell movies, and then he started to take himself very, very seriously, and then, of course, he won uh, an Oscar. Uh, he started his working relationship with Will Ferrell. He was the, Lauren Michaels was the first person to let him direct films on uh, SNL. He has seven Oscar nominations, uh, winning once for Best Adapted Screenplay in 2016 for The Big Short, and for the same film, he lost Best Director to Alejandro Inarutu for The Revenant, and in 2019, he and his film Vice were nominated for Best Picture and Best Original Screenplay. Best Director, he lost to Green Book, and the two former categories, he lost to Al uh, Alfonso Caron's Roma. 
Um, and his satire, Don't Look Up, was nominated in 2022 for Best Original Screenplay and Best Picture categories, but the awards went to Belfast and Coda. So he has never, uh, he, he did win for uh, Best Adapted Screenplay um, for um, The Big Short. So he and, um, uh, and Howard Shore are the only two former uh, members of Saturday Night Live to win Academy Awards. So Adam McKay would go on to, of course, become you know, very well known for his politics and for his films as well. But Adam McKay nominated uh, uh, several times and a winner of an Academy Award as well. So uh, Mark Shaman, you know, Michael McKeon and Adam McKay behind the scenes. Okay, let's move on to a couple more here. Uh, Randy Quaid. Now, Randy Quaid, again, was part of that season, that 1985-1986 season with Robert Downey Jr. and Joan Cusack three of them, all three of them nominated. But he was the first SNL cast member to have been nominated before he ever got hired by SNL. He's one of the few uh, well before his time on the show. In 1973, he starred opposite Jack Nicholson in The Last Detail as a disgraced Navy man uh, extradited from Virginia to a naval prison. Quaid was only 23 years old when he was nominated for that Academy Award back in 1973. Uh, and he lost to John Hausman for The Paper Chase. On SNL, he was part of the 85-86 season, uh, the cast was full of already successful actors, and that year was kind of an after, because often thought of as one of the worst. He impersonated Ronald Reagan and Ed McMahon. He also did a bunch of Twilight Zone parodies while he was on there. Uh, but he was nominated for an Academy Award for his really wonderful performance, and he was just a kid in this movie. Uh, the great Hal Ashby directed it. Here's a quick scene from the Oscar-nominated performance that Randy Quaid gave in The Last Detail. Oh, Oh, never hear such happy horseshit. One guy was a big homo, eh? <laughs> yeah, but you guys, he sure was a happy homo. Nam yo ho ringe kyo, 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 nam yo ho ringe kyo. Well, you're gonna chant, let us figure out what you're gonna chant for. How about I get sprung from Portsmouth? See if it works. Then you get a chance for something really big. Okay. Yeah. Like, how's it about the three of us get laid? Then, or should you chant for something like that? Why the fuck not? Well, it's a religion. <laughs> You're too good to believe. You're too good to believe. Uh, a great performance by Randy Quaid. If you've never seen Hal Ashby's The Last Detail, a great, great film. So, he did not win. Um, but he was nominated. And then the final nominee, this is the last person who worked on Saturday Night Live in capacity. Um, we've had uh, writers, we've had behind-the-scenes people, we've had musicians, composers, and cast members. Well, one of the first people to ever work on Saturday Night Live, uh, who was actually, the, the show was actually going to be his at one point, is the great Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks, um, who would go on to write, direct, and appear in seven films that he wrote and directed, and five of them are masterpieces. Uh, Albert Brooks is responsible for some of the greatest comedic films ever made, some of the most important American movies ever made, Lost in America. I mean, I could just go on. Real Life, Modern Romance, Lost in America, Defending Your Life, um, uh, Mother, The Muse, 
uh, and looking for comedy in the Muslim world. The man has made seven movies. They're all really terrific. Five of them are American comedy masterpieces. He's one of the best comedic filmmakers that's ever lived, one of the greatest writers, one of the funniest performers, one of the greatest stand-ups. One of the most important voices in the history of American comedy is Albert Brooks. And they offered him to be, Lorne Michaels offered him the role of permanent host of Saturday Night Live before it was called Saturday Night Live, before it was happening when they were like, we have this 90-minute slot on Saturday nights. We want Albert Brooks to be the permanent host. It's going to be Albert Brooks' show. Albert Brooks is the one who suggested that they do different guest hosts every week. That was his idea. Lauren Michaels took him up on that. Lauren, and then uh, and since Albert Brooks is like, I'm not going to be the host, why don't you let me make some movies? Because Lauren, because uh, Albert Brooks really wanted to make films. So as you know, in 1975 and 76, the very first season, Albert Brooks directed a bunch of films, Albert Brooks short films. And this was his calling card to feature movies, which he would make in 1979. His first one would be real life. His short films on SNL were incredibly funny and brilliant. And he would go on to an incredible career where he would act in other people's movies and direct and write his own movies. Albert Brooks is a great actor, a great comedian, and uh, uh, you know, a landmark talent in the world of cinema. Well, he was nominated and, uh, and, again, worked on Saturday Night Live. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for his great performance in uh, James L. Brooks's unbelievable masterpiece, Broadcast News, a movie that I could watch on a reel over and over again on a loop, one of my favorite movies of all time. His performance in that movie, along with Holly Hunter and William Hurt and so many other people, uh, a great movie, a great movie about broadcasting, a great movie about the business, uh, an incredible script by, by uh, James L. Brooks, beautiful direction, um, a perfect film, a, a great romantic movie. It's lovely and wonderful and heartwarming and heartbreaking and true and very, very, very human, and you can identify with it at all. Well, uh, Albert Brooks plays um, a, a, a reporter and a producer uh, on, on, on network news and who has a, an absolute huge crush. He is in love with Holly Hunter's character, who is being wooed by William Hurt, and William Hurt plays this sort of very dumb but very handsome anchorman, and she's being seduced by his beauty, even though, uh, you know, Albert Brooks knows that she deserves better, and Albert Brooks has been pining for her. You've seen the movie. You love the movie. Albert Brooks was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for it. There was no way he was going he was going to win because Sean Connery was up for The Untouchables, and it was Sean Connery's year. You know how it goes when you're older and you've done a lot of work in Hollywood. Even if you don't deserve the award for that particular movie, they'll give it to you because it's time, because it's all about politics. And it's like, yeah, like Robert, you know, like, uh, like for instance, Paul Newman won uh, for The Color of Money, which is not even remotely close to the best performance he's ever given, but they had to give it to him. It was like, it's about time. He didn't win for um, like three years earlier for the verdict where he should have won. So this is another one of those things that Sean Connery got because he was older and he's terrific in The Untouchables, but there's no way anybody was going to win in that category except Sean Connery. Albert Brooks is known for his great movies, his appearances in other movies like Drive and Taxi Driver and his voice work in Finding Nemo. Um, but again, he got his start as a segment director of films on SNL. And... Um, in 1987, he starred in a Broadcast News. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. It's a great performance, and this is one of the best scenes in the movie and one of Albert Brooks' best scenes ever with dialogue that is heartbreakingly honest and absolutely beautiful. Holly Hunter, the Oscar-nominated ex-SNL member, Albert Brooks in The Great Broadcast News. I've never seen you like this with anybody, so don't get me wrong when I tell you that Tom while being a very nice guy is the devil. 
This isn't friendship. You're crazy, you know that? What do you think the devil's gonna look like if he's around? God. Come on, no one's gonna be taken in by a guy with a long red pointy tail. Come on, what's he gonna sound like? <laughs> no. I'm semi-serious here. You're serious. He will be attractive. He'll be nice and helpful. He'll get a job where he influences a great God-fearing nation. He'll never do an evil thing. He'll never deliberately hurt a living thing. He'll just bit by little bit lower our standards where they're important. Just a tiny little bit. Just coax along, flash over substance. Just a tiny little bit. And he'll talk about all of us really being salesmen. And he'll get all the great women. Hey, Aaron! I think you're the devil! You know I'm not! How? Because I think we have the kind of friendship where if I were the devil, you'd be the only one I would tell. Well, you were awfully quick to run after Tom's help. When all right, you fine! Help yes! And if things had gone well for me tonight, then I probably wouldn't be saying any of this. I grant you everything. But give me this. He personifies everything that you've been fighting against. And I'm in love with you. How do you like that? I buried the lead. Gotta not say that out loud. It takes too much out of me. God, I love that movie. <laughs> I want to go watch it right now. All right. Albert Brooks nominated for an Academy Award. So those are the people who have worked in Studio 8H under many different capacities who have been nominated for Academy Awards. So SNL goes to the Oscars and the Oscar goes to. And maybe this year when the Oscar nominations are announced in just a few weeks, somebody who worked on SNL will be nominated. Who knows? Could be. We'll find out. But I thought since awards season is going to be in full swing and for the next few weeks you're going to be inundated with uh, tuxedos and awards and people being nominated and making speeches, let's talk about the people who worked on SNL who have been nominated or won Academy Awards. So there you go. That's episode number 52 of That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years. Thank you for subscribing and thank you for listening. Uh, Please check out uh, radiomisfits.com. We have a ton of great podcasts that you should check out too. Subscribe. They're free. It's awesome. Check out our live streaming service. It's 24-7. It's just like radio, only better. Radiomisfits.live. Tune in right now. Radiomisfits.live. You'll hear great music and great podcasts. Um, And if you would like to leave uh, a voicemail with suggestions or comments or questions about SNL or my other podcast as well, which is called the Nick D Podcast, that voicemail line is 24-7-773-417-6948. You can send me an email anytime you want, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. My thanks to you. Please rate, review us, share us, like us, all of that great stuff. We're available on every platform. Jason Skaggs does all the music. He did the music that you heard at the beginning, and he did this wonderful theme song as well. My thanks to you and everybody for listening and subscribing. We'll see you next time for episode number 53 of That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years. It's all about Saturday Night Live. I'm Nick Cotillia. Have a good one. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.